0: Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, and we start, as always, with local news. In a follow-up to our story from yesterday, Columbia police were called to a home at 106 McKinley Drive on Monday morning, and nearly six hours after, police arrived on the scene an armed standoff with police ended with 47-year-old Antonio Hardy dead. According to a release, police were dispatched to the home at 725 a.m. to stand by with a victim of domestic violence while she gathered her things from the residence. Hardy, who was wanted on outstanding warrants for domestic assault, met officers at the front door before retreating into the residence and discharging his firearm at police. Columbia Police then arrived on scene with its Crisis Negotiations Team and Special Weapons and Tactics Team, which unsuccessfully attempted to establish communication with Hardy. At 3.20 p.m., police entered the home where they found Hardy dead in a bedroom. A Columbia Police Department release indicates Hardy took his own life, but had no apparent injuries present. His death is currently under investigation, and the exact cause of death will be determined by the state of Tennessee's Medical Examiner's Office through autopsy. No police officers were injured during the events of the day. The Murray County Democratic Party will be holding its Biennial Reorganization Convention on Saturday, March 11th at the Murray County Senior Citizen Center, located at 1020 Murray County Park Drive in Columbia, New officers will be elected and new bylaws will be discussed at this convention. All Murray County registered voters who are Democrats are eligible to participate in the convention. Party volunteers will check the voter registration and voting history of attendees to ensure the eligibility of participants. Others, non-residents, non-voters and non-Democrats, including members of the press, may attend as non-participating guests. The Democratic Party does not charge dues and includes any voter who has voted in recent Democratic Party primaries or identifies with the party's values as members. Doors will open at 9 a.m. and attendees must be in line by 9.45 to participate in the convention. The convention program will start at 10 a.m. and should take about two hours to complete. Light refreshments will be provided. The last county party convention was held in August of 2021, which was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Conventions are normally held in the spring of odd years. Democrats will pick up a county chair, three vice chairs, a secretary, and a treasurer. The party will also select two district representatives from each of Murray County's 11 county commission districts to serve on the county party's executive committee. Murray County Democratic Party Chairman James Dallas said... We look forward to meeting our Democratic friends and neighbors and discussing the future of our party in Murray County. We hope that this event will encourage and energize Democrats as we prepare for the 2024 election cycle. Chairman Dallas encourages Democrats to RSVP and pre-register for the event online. Links to the Facebook event page and the pre-registration form are available on the Murray County Democratic Party website located at www.murraydems.org. The Murray County Democratic Party is the local county affiliate of the Tennessee Democratic Party and represents the interests of tens of thousands of Democratic-leaning voters in the county. This afternoon, Secretary of the Treasury Janet L. Yellen will travel to Spring Hill, Tennessee to visit the Ultium Cells battery plant to highlight how the Inflation Reduction Act and other Biden-Harris administration policies are incentivizing historic investments in clean energy manufacturing and the onshoring of battery production. Since the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law six months ago, dozens of companies across the clean energy spectrum have announced tens of billions of dollars in investments in the United States that are expected to create thousands of good-paying jobs. China currently produces 70 percent of batteries for electric vehicles, and the Inflation Reduction Act's incentives for battery manufacturing will help the United States grow the domestic clean energy economy. Altium Cells is a joint venture between General Motors and LG Energy Solutions. Altium Cells will manufacture battery cells for the Cadillac Lyric, which is produced at the adjacent General Motors plant. The new Altium Cells plant is expected to employ nearly 1,700 workers when it is fully operational. Secretary Yellen will deliver her remarks at the site of the future Altium Cells plant at 3 p.m. this afternoon. J.R. Baker Elementary Principal John Micah Clanton was surprised recently when he was at a principal's meeting when Murray County Public School Superintendent Lisa Ventura announced him as the district's principal of the year. It was certainly an honor, said Clanton, who is in his seventh year of being principal. Clanton and the formally announced teachers of the year were recognized on January 19th at a district banquet. Originally from Truckee, a resort town near Lake Tahoe in California, Clanton graduated from Harding University in 1996 and began working in special education, including five years in Fresno. Active in wrestling and football in school, he played football in college for a couple of years while obtaining his two majors in special education and elementary education. After a move back to Fresno with Allison, his wife of 25 years, Clanton added a master's degree in education and administration and supervision from Fresno State University. Teaching special education and coaching in both wrestling and football, Clanton moved to Tennessee in 2004 when he accepted a position at Independence High School in Thompson Station. From there, Clanton's next step was his role as assistant principal at Whitthorne Middle School in Columbia before accepting the principal position at Baker Elementary. Capping off his education, he obtained an additional education specialist degree from Lipscomb University. Clanton's three children all attend Murray County Schools as well. Now at age 50, if he's not leading the charge at Baker, he's camping or just spending time with family and friends. I believe the award is a testament to the teachers and staff I have at Baker, Clanton wrote in a bio submission to school administrators. Seven years ago, we all sat down to develop a vision so that we had a foundation on which to build. That vision is ensuring we all grow, Clanton says, explaining the acronym as being goal-oriented, risk-taking to promote growth, owning our own behavior, and working collaboratively to learn. Clanton said as well he has to credit the hard work of his assistant principal, Robin Smith, who he says is to be honored as part of the reason he was chosen. Mr. Clanton is so steady and consistent, Smith said. He's always done what's right for kids as individuals and as members of our collective student body. I don't think that people realize how much thought and preparation he puts into the every day of running a school. He is truly interested in what's going on with our students, both in and out of the classroom, and that goes a long way. Smith said the past few years have been difficult in education, but because of Clanton's steady leadership and willingness to tackle things head-on, our staff is one that handles the hard things better, Smith said. Our kids pick up on that, too. I witness extraordinary things on a daily basis, Clanton said. Many of those things are never measured at all. While Clanton acknowledges the challenges of working as an educator today, he said sometimes the job is just to help some students get to their most basic needs met, while keeping them educated at grade level. Many critics don't know what it is like to be in a school, nor do they know the people who daily put the needs of students first and experience the growth and sometimes heartache our students deal with, Clanton said. Clanton said he is not really sure why he was chosen in favor of the other principals in the district, but says he is certain his strong suit is working with people, including students, parents, and other staff. I don't know how I'm doing things any differently than my other colleagues, but every one of them does a fantastic job, Clanton said. One of the most important values, he says, is having a relationship of trust with his co-workers. Peers might describe him as someone who wants people to succeed. I enjoy people, and I'm not a micromanager, he adds. I let teachers do their job, but still holding them accountable as well, he said. The challenges ahead, Clanton admits, is watching children who come into the schools who have grown up with difficult home lives. While acknowledging his leadership in areas of instruction and budgeting, he looks directly at problems some students are having, such as homelessness, saying there is a need to ensure a child has basic needs met so they best receive academic instruction. What does he enjoy most about his job? Students seeing him out and remembering him. Watching students progress and graduate, and particularly at Baker, he enjoys all the hugs he gets from kids that make him look forward to coming to school every day. It's time to think about what to do with your special someone for Valentine's Day 2023. There is always the chocolate, roses, or jewelry. But here are four activities created just for lovers or good friends. Of course, they all have food involved because, as the saying goes, cooking is love made visible. Food and attraction have long been linked. There are many foods besides chocolate that are supposed to enhance human ardor. These include chilies, lavender, oysters, strawberries, and truffles, to name a few. Here are the four events. Make reservations to the events that I'll name now. Space is limited. Enjoy an evening of wine and chocolate tasting at Farmstead Cellar and Tasting Parlor. On February 11th and 14th, Farmstead Cellar is located at 803 South Main Street in Columbia, with a mission to provide the community a hub for the exploration of local wine, food, and artisanal goods. With a touch of Southern hospitality, the tasting room is tucked away on the second floor of the Farmstead Community Market. Located in the center of the historical Columbia Square, this parlor will be offering some of their award-winning local wines and fine gourmet chocolate to dazzle the palate with love. Again, that will take place on February 11th and 14th, located at 803 South Main Street in Columbia. The time of the event will be noon until 7 p.m. Reservations can be made at 931-384-8056 or by visiting www.farmsteadroots.com. The cost is $35 per person. You can attend the Valentine's Dessert Party at Historic Elm Springs on February 11th, located at 2357 Park Plus Drive in Columbia, it's at 6.30 in the evening. The cost is $20 per person or $35 for couples, and you can enjoy the best homemade desserts that Columbia, Tennessee has to offer at a Historic Elm Springs. Some of the finest cooks in Merck County will be providing cookies, candies, cakes, brownies, and pies for sampling at the event. There will also be a low-light tour at the 1837 home. Tickets can be purchased online or at the door. All pre- proceeds go towards the restoration of the house. You can find tickets uh, at Facebook.com forward slash Historic Elm Springs TN. The third event is the Valentine's Afternoon Tea at Nashville Tea Company, which is located at the factory in Columbia at 101 North James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Seatings are at 10 a.m., 1230 p.m., 3 p.m., and 530 p.m. Cost starts at $55 per person. The Nashville Tea Company is delighted to present an elegant tea at their beautiful location at the factory in Columbia. Their special Valentine's Day afternoon tea will offer an exquisite collection of loose-leaf teas and an indulgent selection of delicate finger sandwiches, freshly baked scones and biscuits, and beautiful artisan pastries. Also included is an entree portion of herb chicken and roasted veggie galette. Vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options are available upon request. Additional charges will apply. The cost, again, starts at $55 per person. You can learn more at nashvilletea.com. And finally, there's the Sweetheart's Dinner at the Parahem Schoolhouse, located at 5830 Leapers Creek Road in Columbia. You can get reservations to this event by calling 615-797-3101. The time of the event is 6.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. The cost is $150 per person. You can celebrate Valentine's Day in this fully restored 1900s schoolhouse with an intimate five-course pop-up dinner with Chef Braden Mallon. Mallon, of BAM Foods Catering, was a chef at Puckett's Grocery and Restaurant and has worked at Red Pony, 55 South, and Cork & Cow. He is known for his innovative culinary spirit. He will see to it that no detail is forgotten at the gastronomic celebration. Seating is limited to 24 guests, so you'll want to get your reservation in soon. Again, you can get reservations to this event by calling 615-797-3101. Congratulations to Lieutenant James Shannon and Lieutenant John Usery on their retirement from the Columbia Police Department. Lieutenant Shannon started his career with the Columbia Police Department back on February 27th of 1996. During his tenure at Columbia Police Department, Lieutenant Shannon has served in many capacities, including the Cops Unit, Crime Suppression Unit, Motorcycle Patrol, Narcotics and Vice Unit, FBI Violent Crimes Task Force, Patrol Sergeant, Lieutenant of Narcotics and Vice, and as a Lieutenant of Patrol. Lieutenant John Ussery started his career with the Columbia Police Department back on December 12th of 1994. During his tenure at Columbia Police Department, Lieutenant USRI has served in many capacities, including as an explorer, a patrol officer, a master patrol officer, a sergeant of narcotics and vice, a lieutenant of narcotics and vice, and a lieutenant of the criminal investigations division. We thank both Lieutenants Shannon and USRI for their service to our community. Here's an opportunity to support a great organization in Columbia. Harvest Share Food Pantry is holding their annual soup and bowl event on Saturday, February 11th at the Memorial Building from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Adult tickets are $10 and child tickets age 5 through 10 are $5. Enjoy wonderful food from local restaurants, take home a free soup bowl, and bid on your favorite items during the silent auction. Tickets can be purchased at the Harvest Share Food Pantry located at 419 West 9th Street at the door of the day of the event, or you can call Amanda Taylor at 260-350-1119. Please join us in helping Harvest Share continue their good work in Columbia. Columbia State Community College welcomes Aubrey Logan to the Cherry Theater on February 9th tomorrow as part of the first Farmers Performance Series. She's a singer, trombone player, songwriter, and performer. It would have been a lot easier if Aubrey Logan would have just picked one, but she's never been one to be pigeonholed. She lives her life outside of the box, and that makes her difficult to define. That's okay with her because she purposefully defies definition. She's still known as a world-class singer-instrumentalist, but she's revealed there's so much more. We expect this show to be fun with great energy, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. Bring your valentine for an enjoyable night of entertainment, she said. Individual tickets are on sale for $30 each plus tax for adults and $20 each plus tax for Columbia State students. To charge tickets by phone using a major credit card, call 931-540-2879 or purchase them in person in Room 113 of the Prior Administration Building on the Columbia campus, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. On the night of the performance, the box office opens at 6 p.m. in the Kenneth and Ramona Cherry Theater, located in the Wayman L. Hickman Building on the Columbia campus. Theater doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the show begins at 7. The Columbia campus is located at 1665 Hampshire Pike in Columbia. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance series. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies today with a slight chance of a rain shower. The high will be 67 degrees with winds out of the southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect gusty winds developing with a wind advisory in effect until noon tomorrow. We will have cloudy skies with periods of rain and possibly a thunderstorm overnight. The low will be 56 degrees with winds out of the south at 20 to 30 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain, 90 percent. Rainfall near a quarter of an inch is possible. Winds could occasionally gust over 40 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Here we go. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors,
1: we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially
0: personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well.
1: At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference.
0: Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized
2: auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first.
1: For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009.
0: This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, tennesseechildrenshome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee.
2: More than 95% of people incarcerated will come home like I did. I'm William Arnold, director of the new Tennessee Office of Reentry. When they come home, we want to be ready to help remove barriers to employment. It's okay if you've been incarcerated or just as involved. Help is available. Go to TNWorkReady.com or visit your local American Job Center. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. TNWorkReady.com.
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. In his fifth State of the State address, Governor Bill Lee on Monday promised to cut taxes, transform transportation, and expand insurance coverage to thousands of Tennessee parents and children. Tennessee is leading. The question is, will we lead in a way that lasts, in a way that our grandchildren are equipped and inspired to pick up where we left off, Lee adds. I believe we can, and I look forward to pursuing that with all of you this year and three more after that, he said. Lee addressed a joint session of the 113th Tennessee General Assembly at the state capitol, signaling his plans for his second term in office, including a three-month grocery tax break, teacher raises, more technical college funding, and workforce development support. But he also looked back to his first term, again proposing a $27 million paid family leave program for state employees, an effort that failed after he proposed it during his 2020 State of the State Address. Lee also proposed a private sector paid family leave tax credit for a two-year pilot period. This is not a mandate on business. I believe every business owner should make decisions that are in the best interest of their employees, Lee said. A reasonable paid leave program will help us retain the best and brightest and help those who help our state, resulting in stronger families across Tennessee, he said. A major theme of Lee's address was his focus on families, including more support for new mothers, foster care, the embattled Department of Children's Services, and, more controversially, crisis pregnancy centers. Lee is staunchly anti-abortion and supports the state's strict ban, even as some legislative Republicans are pursuing legal exceptions to the law. But the governor also has said the state must do more to support families after children are born. He said in his address the state had a moral obligation to support them. As Lee referenced last year's U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, he was, <coughs> excuse me, he was interrupted by members of the public sitting in the House gallery. They loudly decried the governor's abortion and health care policies. "'Civility is not a weakness,' Lee remarked, veering away from his prepared remarks and prompting a standing ovation and loud applause from lawmakers and administration officials on the chamber floor, drowning out the gallery. "'This is not a matter of politics. This is about human dignity,' Lee said, returning to his speech." We can have a healthy healthy debate about the policy specifics, but we can also agree that America is rooted in a commitment to human dignity, Lee said. I'm talking about the dignity of the expecting mother working multiple jobs to help make ends meet, the dignity of a baby born three months too early, the dignity of a father living with a disability, and the dignity of a family in crisis. In his budget proposal released Monday night, Lee called for raising 10-care eligibility for mothers and parents, in addition to earmarking $4.6 million to extend a program offering 12 months of postpartum coverage. Lee also hopes to cover the cost of diapers for the first two years of a baby's life for mothers on 10-care, which he said would be the first program of its kind in the nation. Tennessee Republicans have for years declined to expand Medicaid, which healthcare leaders and Democrats have continually called for ever since the Affordable Care Act passed in 2010. Democrats and other critics continue to say the Lee administration could do more by accepting additional federal funding. Lee defended the decision to work through a Medicaid waiver program, which he said generated health care savings that can now go to coverage expansion. We have the opportunity together to expand more services, reach more families in need and improve rural health care access across our state, Lee said. Despite enormous criticism from those who said we couldn't or wouldn't, we are going to do exactly what we said we would do when we pursued this sharing savings waiver, shared savings waiver, expand services for the most valuable and vulnerable, rather, and provide those services to even more Tennesseans. And now that day has come, he said. In his budget, Lee allocated $100 million for a grant fund to provide benefit crisis pregnancy centers, anti-abortion organizations that Lee has long supported and been actively involved in. The centers often offer pregnancy tests but are not licensed or regulated medical clinics. Lee earmarked $10 million for a grant program to support foster and adoption nonprofits in the state as the state faces a severe children's services crisis. The embattled Department of Children's Services will get an additional $190 million in the budget. Lee proposed a $55.6 billion budget for the upcoming fiscal year, which is a decrease in overall spending compared to last year. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today.
2: Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin Peay starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. (laughs) and <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. And now our final story. The Australian Pink Floyd show will stop in Franklin at First Bank Amphitheater on Sunday, September 3rd. Called the Dark Side 50 Tour, the band will perform Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety, celebrating its 50th anniversary. Australian Pink Floyd has been performing for the last 30 years and acquired loyal fan base following promising uh, not to miss show. Pre-sale tickets begin on Thursday Public sale of tickets is available on Friday, February 10th at 10 a.m. You can find tickets at Ticketmaster.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM, WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.